Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Embracing the Gray with Vic and Kels, where we are here to challenge the all or nothing thinking when it comes to all things food, body, and mindset. So excited to deep dive into this episode because we're going to be talking all things scale and scale weight and healing our relationship with that number on the scale. Um, but first and foremost, Miss Vic, you are now 24 years old. I am. I'm a mature old woman. No, I'm oh kidding. My gosh. Yeah. I was literally, I was looking, there was this thing that was, you had to like fill out your age bracket and it was like 18 to 24. And then the next one is 25 to 34. I was like, wow, next year, man. <laughs> I always forget. Like you're, you're literally, you're 10 years younger than me. And I'm always just like, oh yeah. Cause you're just like, if anyone knows Victoria, she's a total, just like old soul. Old it's soul. very, it's beautiful. But how was your birthday? It was so, oh my gosh. It was the most relaxing, rejuvenating, lots of sun, lots, like we were literally just outside the whole time. Um, we paddleboarded my dot Finn paddleboarded. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And then we had like a community work day as well. Um, so there was, we had to do projects around the, my parents' property. So we got to like be outside doing manual labor, which it was a good workout. <laughs> oh, it is. And just yeah. so people know, like you're, um, so you live in Idaho and then yeah. this lake house, I don't know exactly where it's at, but it's so beautiful. We live right outside of Boise and then the lake house is near Cascade. So it was, it was lovely. We had lots of ice cream. I made, I've been doing milkshakes lately. Ooh. Um, so I got, my uncle gave me a like vintage early 1900s, um, malt maker. Ooh. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I've been really, and I haven't used it yet, but I've just been making them in the blender. So it's been, it's been adventurous. It sounds like, have you like used the bread maker since I left you? Yeah. So I figured out why. So, <laughs> so many things. Um, I got a bread maker from somebody in our neighborhood. I wasn't going to buy one cause you know, budgeting. Um, but I, the first time I made it, the bread was like meh, whatever. And then I actually ended up talking to the lady that gave it to me. And she was like, you have to get a different type of yeast. Like there's your, your yeast is old or something. So that is on my grocery list today. And then I'm going to get that because I'm very excited to try it again. Yes. I know. We were so excited. We were like, we're going to make avocado or no, I like avocado toast. You don't yeah. like avocado, which by the way, for, I guess you're not millennial. Are you, are you Gen, Gen Z? Gen Z, I think. Oh man. But for still like us millennials, like we're just like all about the avocado toast. <laughs> so the fact that you don't like avocado makes me sad, but I think we were going to do some sort of, oh, we were going to do chicken, chicken salad sandwiches. Ah. Oh. Uh, that yeah. which regardless by the way guys like chicken salad with like crackers those tricket triscuits biscuits cracked pepper triscuits with the olive oil on it oh. um yeah. but yeah it was fun it was uh came back had a, my birthday dinner which was great and yeah moving on with July 1st right we're July 1st how are we in July <laughs> how are we in July guys we are 6 months into 2022 like, yeah, I was not expect, but you know what, actually overall, it's been a really good 
it's been a really good year so far. Um, and I'm actually, I think this is the longest I've stayed in one place. <laughs> um, for, she comes to Idaho for that. <laughs> Did you listen to the visualization I sent you? I listened to part of it. Yesterday was a big day. Um, you should, we should put it in the yeah. notes. Yeah. So I will put, um, into the notes. It is incredible. Um, it's a 10 minute active visualization exercise. And it was like, I was literally in tears. Is like, that by Lisa, Lisa Nichols? I don't know who the lady was. I bet it was. It was incredible. She was like, I, it was the coolest, most, I don't know. I just think we will put it in the show notes. Um, and I was just thinking like how different I'm trying to think. So five years ago, I was ni- 19. Mm-hmm. And like, if I would have been doing that, that exercise, then all I would want to do is like heal my relationship with food, get my relationship with food on track. Like, all, and like, now I'm looking at a, like my, the things that I'm wanting to, you know, accomplish and everything aren't even that, like that this was already something that was conquered. So it was just crazy to think, okay, well then in another five years, like what's that going to look like? Oh, that, that gives me chills. Like, and that reminds me so much. If anyone didn't listen to our last episode, um, all about like how to feel normal around food. And we talked about Michelle, um, and how she's been working with me for two and a half years. And it's just really interesting. Like when food is no longer top of mind, when it's no longer this thing that you're constantly trying to, to get right or stop being out of control or obsessing about making sure every macro or meal is perfect. Like all of a sudden you have so much more time and headspace to really think about these bigger things in your life that you want to accomplish. And it's so exciting. Like, ah, I, I absolutely love that. That's where you're at. I will, I'm huge into visualization. We talk about it a lot in our rediscover you free course. Um, and so I will absolutely take a gander at it. Oh, and then last but not least, cause I'm making a list of the things I need to add to the show notes. Um, I started a new book yesterday Ooh. and I think you recommended it. Have you read the happiness project? Yes. I'm so, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm very excited to read it. Um, the author just, her name is, uh, something Rubin, Gretchen, yeah, Rubin. Gretchen Rubin. Yeah. Um, but just like the way that she writes, I totally am on board. <laughs> she so, has the whole, like the four, I think they're tendencies, I think she called, or maybe personalities. Like, um, I, I like know. how she was just like, you know, there's, she kind of started, you know, you're going to first find out the things that like what, what's going to make you happy. And that like happiness, the opposite of happiness isn't depression, it's unhappiness. Mm -hmm. So like there is the potential to just be more happy. And I feel like I'm also in a place where I'm not like, just like clinically horribly depressed anymore. So I'm, I'm able to just kind of focus on like boosting, you know, different areas of my life. Dude, it's, it's actually, this is super interesting. When you talk about like the opposite of happiness, like it reminds me of like the opposite of love is not hate. Mm -hmm. The opposite of love is complacency. And it's just kind of like, think about that. Even for yourself, those are things that you've talked about me. It talked about with me is like, now you're in this place where you actually do love yourself. And like before then 
it was this like complacency in the place where like couldn't even get up some days to like shower or yeah. to like brush your teeth or hygiene like and that's not just you like that's that's please know guys if you've ever struggled with basic hygiene and just even like taking care of yourself when you're in that kind of depressive state like you're not alone it's yeah. very common um but it, it it just kind of and again it kind of goes into this this place of like how can we show love to our body and appreciation to our body? And it starts with those small things. Mm -hmm. um, and she, she kind of like opened the book up, you know, one day I'll do this one day I'll do that. And, you know, one day I'm going to let my daughter watch TV while eating breakfast. And one day this, and like, she was like, I've realized I'm just wasting time mm -hmm. and years are going by. And it it's just, I'm, I'm curious to see how the book turns out. And then like, what, my happiness project looks like so I'm oh, how are you I'm I like your nails you guys can't see them but they're cute oh yes I know well we you showed your nails yes last week <laughs> I'm like Americana I, now <laughs> I'm so oh my gosh they're so beautiful I know you guys can't see but I I never get my nails done I'm actually one of these people that like I just I hate it like it just feels like a waste of time and whatever else but I went and got them done because Sunday I had father daughter breakfast. So the reason I'm in Phoenix, if anyone doesn't really know, like, A, I grew up here, but I'm kind of staying still for a little bit for like the longest time in a while, um, because both my parents have just had um, back surgeries. And it's amazing when you can't bend, twist or lift anything, <laughs> you need a little bit more help. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm here helping them with that. And actually, it's been a huge blessing. And I, I seriously, I couldn't be more grateful to have um, that time with them. And Sunday we went out for father daughter breakfast because he had surgery on Tuesday and he went to have his toes done so that, Oh, that's so thank you. Yeah. So he had a pedicure and I got my manicure. And so I'll, I'll get my nails done if I'm going with somebody, but it's not something I want to keep up with on a regular basis. But I'm other than that, I'm feeling really good. I'm, um, it's been a busy week, but just, man, it's going to be 4th of July, like all the things. Yeah. I, I'm very happy that it's going to be 4th of July. Cause I also have another day off. I've had like three short weeks in a row. It's bizarre. I know that short weeks in corporate America is normal, but Kelsey's like, what's that? I know. I'm like, huh? <laughs> you know, like the days, the days that I'm not doing my other job, I'm just doing other things. <laughs> it's not really a day off. It's just a day off from my normal life. Um, but we hope you guys well, first off, make sure to uh, share our podcast and review and leave comments, um, but potentially kind of doing this at the beginning of the episodes, just so that you guys can get to know us better. Obviously, a lot of the clients listen and that's great, but people that meander across it are like, who are these chicks? <laughs> so we just wanted to create some time before the podcast, before we jump into like, not just everyday conversation. <laughs> Um, to kind of just update you guys. And then also it, I mean, it brought about different things that we can add to our show notes for you guys. So absolutely, no, I'm excited, but we are, this is a really important topic that we're very yeah. excited to dive into. And I will just say um, the reason that we're bringing it up is this actually came up in our group coaching call with our um, clients on Tuesday. We had a client who brought up the fact that she had gone to a gynecologist appointment and she had gone on the scale and had actually like turned around because she didn't want to see the number on the scale. 
And then the nurse ended up just blurting out the number anyway, which was really upsetting for her. Um, and so there's a couple things I wanted to take away from this. A, I was really, really proud of her for opening up and sharing in our group. We have this little section in our kind of private group that's called Safe Space. And she was able to share it there and she was able to talk about it in our Zoom call. Um, but the other thing like then that she talked about was like, then she was beating herself up and feeling bad for being judgmental and letting that number affect her so much. And that's something we talk about calling like, um, don't shoot the second arrow. So like that first arrow is that like that initial reaction, right? That initial like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that number. I thought I was doing everything quote unquote right, which we'll dive into in just a second. Um, but then there's that secondary arrow, which is um, that second arrow, which is just judgment and, and beating yourself up for having that initial reaction. And so that judgment is what can like that rumination is what can make things worse. So just kind of recognizing that. And after she was able to talk about it with us, like she felt so, so much better. And I think for me, I just, I want to talk about the scale because there was a time when I first started this intuitive eating journey and healing relationship with food and body, where I was like, F the scale, let's get the sledgehammer. We're going to slam it. We're going to throw the scales away. We're just, you know, in no way, shape or form. Am I going to let like silly numbers on a piece of plastic, you know, tell me what I'm worth, blah, you know, all that. And I, there is a part of me that's still like, if the scale is bringing up a lot of um, fear, anxiety, like there may be a time where you need to not have the scale nearby or on the flip side, if you're obsessively weighing yourself, which does happen, I've definitely had clients. So again, if that's, if that's you, you're not strange, you're not broken. It, it's a way of coping with anxiety, but I've definitely had clients who were weighing themselves multiple times throughout the day. Um, and it was becoming like an obsession. And at that point, then we said, Hey, let's just not weigh ourselves we would try and experiment for like a week or two. And then anyway, but we're trying to find that balancing place now where, uh, again, this show is called embracing the gray, right? And so finding that middle ground from being in a place where like, oh my gosh, I'm weighing myself every single day or like, a, or multiple times a day. And the way I feel about myself or whether it's a good or bad day is based on this number and then on the flip side is I'm scared of the scale. I never want to see the number. If I see the number, I, you know, it's just going to put me into his tailspin and, and now you're scared of it. So we're trying to find a place and, and help you find a place that's healthy and feels good for you that you can stand on a scale and it doesn't impact you emotionally. And Victoria, I would love for you to talk about your journey with this in particular. Yes. Well, I, you know, have 5 million notebooks. <laughs> So I was, I was just trying to flip through some of the things that like think journeys that I've been on with all this. Um, and it, there's a lot of different, I guess, seasons that I've been in. Um, so I think when I was more in the like restrictive side of things, I was a lot more fixated on, you know, the multiple times a day type of thing. And I was also competing in weightlifting and that has its own, you know, weight cuts. And, um, even though I didn't have to cut weight, um, there was still that feeling of like, well, so with weightlifting competitions, like they post your weight in kilos on the, on the screen. So there was that kind of, I guess, anxiety as well. Um, 
I would say when I originally went into the first treatment in San Diego, um, they had, we had, they kept track of our weights, but we did blind weights. So we would just stand backwards on the scale and they would write it down. Um, and that information was just shared with, um, the dietitian just to see, you know, where we were at. And I hadn't weighed myself that entire time, like by myself, but I, I, I hadn't weighed myself up until that point. And when I saw the number on the scale, I went into like full-blown just destruction mode. Um, I like the first day of treatment, I remember planning. I wasn't even like listening. I was literally just planning where I was going to go to binge right after I got out of treatment. And that's what I did. Um, and so, so that was kind of the relationship then. And then once I got out of treatment, I, I didn't have a scale at home at the time. I would say it mostly really just got, I'm trying to think of like the best way to put this. Like we talk about the diet, um, the, the pendulum and like, yes, there's no, it's not good to just not have the scale or to be obsessively doing it. So like either extreme is not necessarily potentially like the most effective. And I was definitely on the side in like treatment. If you read certain books, like in the intuitive eating anti-diet culture space, the scale is just this, it's like demonic. It's the devil. It's this horrible, horrible thing. Um, and I've had to come to the realization that it's not, it's just a data point. Um, and that that's just what it is. And that there's other ways to track your progress. It can be, I, I do weigh myself on a regular basis. I, I can share an interesting experience this week. Um, but when I moved to Idaho and had to go, you know, back to treatment, I, they, we had like a scale smashing day. And like, there was a day that I didn't, I wasn't there, I was working. And so I was like, well, I'll just go do it at home. So I literally threw my scale away. And, and then I, you know, talk about, I woke up six months later and I was the highest weight I'd ever been. And so it was just like, well, if I'm not measuring anything, then F it, like, who cares? It doesn't matter because this is just, and I don't, I still haven't really processed like what I guess the right way is or what the correct way is. But now that I'm on my health journey of like just my life journey, I, I don't look at it as like my value. I don't look at it as this big overarching thing because I, I can look at other aspects that are improving, whether it's losing body fat, gaining muscle, um, you know, there's other factors that go into just not just the number on the scale. So, oh, yeah, no. And I, I think that's a, a big thing that I want anyone to take away um, from all of this. A and Victoria and I say it a lot, guys, write this one down. Weight is not a behavior. Weight is not a behavior. There are lots of reasons that your weight may fluctuate. And just I, again, if you want to like write these down guys, just so you have them in your head and you can understand, um, that like your weight will fluctuate sometimes even one to five pounds within a day, like legit happened <laughs> to me this weekend. Yeah. no, uh, and, and, and that's when you have to pause and say, and again, I'm like, okay, Victoria, if it's a data point, it's a data point, right? Exactly. Like, 
And so I put it into my phone like normal. Um, I enjoy looking at the like six month, year out, month, like all those mm-hmm. views on the health app. Um, but I was like, okay, I basically had like milkshakes every day. I went out to eat. We had like, I got a freaking big ribeye for dinner. Like mm-hmm. we were in, like, it, there are so many other factors. I was on my period. Oh, yeah. Uh, like it, it doesn't it's like, okay, unless you really actually ate, what is it? 3,500. So like upwards of over 40,000 calories, Mm -hmm. then you have not gained five pounds. You have, you know, water weight, all of those other types of factors. Exactly. And so here guys, like legit, I I like going over the exact reasons so people can understand. So these are the reasons why your scale weight, not fat, but your scale weight will fluctuate. Number one is like you said, you were menstruating, you were on your cycle. Like that actually really does have an impact, um, as to like, whether you're retaining water, it doesn't mean that you've gained fat. It's just going to fluctuate and make the scale weight look different. Um, other reasons may be stress, right? If you're feeling really stressed, particularly guys, let's think about it. If you're really stressed about the food that you've been eating, or if you're eating quote unquote, right, or stressed about your weight, that's going to lead to retaining water, particularly around your middle. And again, that's water retention, which is going to look more on the scale. Um, other reasons may be if you had more or less salt than you normally do. So like, let's, if you had less salt the day before, you may weigh less in the morning um, the next day, just simply because of that. If you had more carbohydrates, you may weigh more. Again, guys, really, really clear that you understand this. So the reason that you lose scale weight really quickly when you start taking carbohydrates out of your diet, when you start doing a keto diet is because you're losing water. All right. What carbohydrates do is they are stored in our liver and in our muscles and as glycogen and they hold on. It's like three molecules of water to every one gram of carbohydrate. So again, it is just more and like you need that glycogen storage guys. Carbohydrates are the primary source of fuel for your brain and for your muscles, right? So if you actually want to be repairing those muscles, you need to be able to have carbohydrates, but just recognize if you lost weight really quickly, when you took those carbs out, it's more than likely water weight that will come right back on once you start reintroducing those carbs, because the carbs will again, hold on to water. Um, Speaking of muscles, strength training. If you've been doing any sort of strength training, um, your, your muscles are going to be filled again with those glycogen storages. They're going to be repairing the inflammation, um, from the damage that you've just done. And so you will appear heavier on the scale. It doesn't mean you've gained weight. It just literally has to do with the strength training. And then the last one is the timing, um, whether what, Oh no, there's two more, sorry. The timing of when you weighed yourself. So if you've weighed yourself earlier in the day than you normally do, or later in the day than you normally do, then that will impact your number. And then last but not least is a bowel movement. And this is one I actually do really encourage people to just understand and experiment is step on the scale right before your bowel movement, have the bowel movement, and then step on the scale right after. I guarantee you can lose anywhere between one to three pounds, just like that. Again, has nothing to do with fat loss and everything to do with just your mix of water and whatever else, because remember your scale weight is everything. It's lean tissue. It's your organs. It's your water. It's muscle. It's fat. It's everything. Um, and so speaking on that point too, like you said, 
like the reason you kind of self-sabotaged when you stopped weighing yourself is you said, I stopped measuring anything. Now I'm a huge proponent of non-scale victories, massive, because again, scale or like your weight is not a behavior, but we can measure behaviors. We can measure how much quality sleep you're getting a night. We can measure how many steps you're taking in a day. We can measure how much water you're drinking. We can measure how many vegetables you're getting. We can measure if you're having protein. We can measure if you're um, having a higher, you know, a better relationship with food and not feeling so stressed around food. Those are non-scale victories and those will help us then see progress. Yeah. And I think like also just the non-scale victory, like how, how you're moving in the gym, how you're like yesterday, Josh and I went on a walk and he tracks it on all, all trails. And I mean, we did the same walk that we normally do. Like I just walk faster now. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Cause I, I'm typically like a slower walker. Um, but I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's great. Like, it wasn't like I was intentionally just trying to be a speedy Gonzalez, but those types of things you're like, oh, that is progress. And there is a way to, to do that. And, and I spent so much time, you know, talking to a dietitian or trying to like find the next fad or whatever of like, how can I just lose the weight? I want to lose the weight. Give me something to lose the weight. And the reality is, is that it's like, well, what are these behaviors that are contributing to this number Mm -hmm. and, and kind of going backward, working backwards that way. Um, And then also the other side of it is, and I don't know that we've talked all about it, but the years and years of weight cycling, the years and years of going back and forth causes, it literally puts you into an insulin resistant state. So your body doesn't Mm -hmm. know how to actually process the carbs, the, the, the nutrients that you're giving it. And so I personally, you know, take a medication to help that. And I meet with my doctor on a regular basis and we go through my hormones. Like there's certain things like that, that you can do to have a very like holistic rounded experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not just losing the weight. And it's, I mean, it's really exciting. I mean, I threw away half of my closet (laughs) a few weeks ago. (laughs) And, and now I'm able to like go into a store and not have to order online. Cause I'm, I, or like buy like the biggest size at target or whatever. Like, it's just, it was so relieving. I went to mm-hmm. boot barn with my mom this weekend and like found a really cute pair of jeans that I did not think I was going to fit. Like there, I was like, no, these will not go on. And they made me feel so good. Um, and it had nothing to do with the number. It had everything to do with how I was feeling and there's a sense of like confidence, I guess. And just, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Like I can do this. I I am doing this. Um, I would love, okay. So, and we haven't talked about it on the podcast. I I did a video on it because I was so, so excited. Um, But this was a, I think it was a, maybe two weeks ago when you had done a a scan, a body scan. and had found, obviously, you know, you've been kind of continuously losing weight, but this particular scan you were comparing, I forget how many, I think it was March to June. Um, and you had, it was, it was all the things, not only had you lost weight, but it showed that you had lost body fat, you had increased lean muscle tissue and you had increased your metabolism. Yeah. So I, 
I started doing the bot. I really, really wish I would have done one like in November. Cause that was really when I like kind of started everything and I would just be curious. Um, but I started doing the body scans. I did one like the day that I, I think the week that I started 75 hard and I did them. I tried to do them consistently. Like one of the things that I don't really, I don't really get myself on. Like, I don't, I don't do it at the same time every single day. I don't weigh mm-hmm. myself at the same time every day. There's days I sleep in, there's days I wake up at five. Um, I'm a little sporadic in that area of my life. Uh, so when the weight does fluctuate because of that, it's, it doesn't really, it has no bearing on my day. <laughs> um, and, and then I usually have to be like, okay, go through the other factors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was trying to do it on the first of every month and some months I did it, some months I did it but I was able to see like over time that me switching up my training, me having more activity on a regular basis, like really, really did move the needle. And it wasn't just this, this number. And I don't, I think that's, it's kind of like with food therapy exposure type practices. Like if you walk into the pantry at least three times a day to prepare your meals and maybe a snack. So we're talking like four to five times a day and you see the box of Oreos on the shelf, it slowly like your threshold to be able to just say, yeah, those are a box of Oreos. Those are fine. It I'm applying the same thing that I did with that to the scale Mm -hmm. and, and just being like, okay, I, I walk past it every day. I don't walk on it more than once. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it adds more context to that number that I'm seeing every day, even though I'm pretty desensitized to the scale at this point. Um, I'm able to just be like, oh, okay. But when I get this, this in-body scan, it's something like 15 bucks at my gym. I'm able to really see like a full picture of what the everyday practices and behaviors I'm doing, how they're actually contributing to my body composition. And, and the days where I can't quite see it sometimes like yesterday I was kind of in that spot of like have I made like what have I done like from you know this point to this point and then you know I take pictures that's something that is kind of I I I like to take progress pictures um for my myself my reminder but the in-body scan I'm just able to really say like oh okay I'm slowly making that progress and it's not like it has not happened overnight. It has been a very long, well, it's been long for me. (laughs) Some people (laughs) might be like, that's fast, but I've had to stay consistent. And when things don't move, whether it's my body fat percentage or my scale weight, I really, that's when I have to say like, is this actually like for life? Or are you just trying to do this to have a quick fix? And like, it makes me check myself of, you know, just because I might be up five pounds, quote unquote, am I still going to go for my walk? Cause it actually makes me feel good. Or am I just doing it to compensate? What is the purpose? Oh, um, yeah. I love that. No, it's huge. And, and so there's a couple things. Oh my gosh. There's so much I want to unpack in what you just know is amazing. I, I love this conversation. I know a lot of women are going to resonate with it. So yeah. a couple things, a, I wanted to, when it comes to things like even, even weighing yourself every day or doing progress photos, I, again, everything comes down to the intentionality of it, right? 
And I like the idea, if you are going to do photos or if you are going to do whatever, calling it progress as opposed to a before and after. Because in, if you're calling it a before and after, it's almost like, well, the before person isn't worthy, isn't desirable, is whatever else, like I'm unhappy with, doesn't, isn't lovable. And this after person, this is now, this is lovable, this is whatever. And that's not the case. And you're not a statue. Things are going to fluctuate. They are going to change. And both people are absolutely worthy. Um, and both people are absolutely like, you should love, right? So just kind of recognizing that and understanding progress. The other thing, um, when it comes to the scale, like I think it's absolutely right. So I, I want everyone to check in with this right now. I have three questions that I ask my clients every single time. And I encourage you to ask yourself this. All right, if the number on the scale goes up, what does that mean to me? Mm. If the number on the scale stays the same, what does that mean to me? If the number on the scale goes down, what does that mean to me? And I, I mean, honestly, like if you can answer those questions before stepping on the scale, it's really important because if the number goes up and now you feel like, well, crap, what's the point? I've been working so hard. Why am I trying so hard? F this. I'm just might as well like eat everything because there's no point in trying right? Or if say the number goes down and now you're celebrating and now maybe you're over restricting or what can happen too is the number goes down. You're like, I've been doing so good. I deserve a little treat. And then that little treat can then spiral out of control. Um, or again, like same thing, if the number stays the same, you're like, why am I working so hard? What is the point of all this? And if you can have that check-in before stepping on the scale that no matter what, this is just data. This is just a point. I, my weight will fluctuate up and down every single day. And that's just a normal part of being a freaking human being. And I'm doing this for the long haul. I'm doing this for the rest of my life. And in no way is this number going to dictate whether today is a good or bad day. In no way is this number going to dictate how I get to feel about myself, because I know that the way I feel about myself is whether or not I'm showing up as the best version of myself. And that is not based on this number. Yeah. And I think It's interesting because like I so if the scale does go when it when it goes down, my inclination is not to reward myself. It's mm. like a it's like this is just proof that the things that you're doing are moving the needle, mm -hmm. but it doesn't make this experience good or bad. I don't know how mm. else to put that. Like obviously I'm not going to be losing weight for the rest of my life. That's no, my goal. So like when I do get to my set point, like, yes, I'm going to have to, you know, be at like more of a maintenance calories or whatever that will look like, which that is what that will look like. But, um, in this season right now, my, one of my like lifetime lifelong things that I want to be a mom and mm -hmm. I don't want to be and one, I don't want to be any more uncomfortable than a pregnant woman already is <laughs> like, mm -hmm. let's just start there. And then I don't want to have an unhealthy pregnancy experience that will mm -hmm. make me like despise, despise it, you know? And so like, it, it, it does, it really does come down to like that intentionality of I'm not doing it to like be the smallest version of myself. I'm doing this so that mm -hmm. I can have I can be healthy. I can be active. I can still move like up until the day that I give birth when I'm eventually pregnant. Like mm -hmm. 
those are, it's a way different mindset shift than like, you know, a year ago where I was just like trying to start over every single day and weighing myself, self, self-sabotaging, telling myself like, this is just your life. Like this mm-hmm. is just what it's going to be. Um, and then also recognizing I wanted to read, oh my gosh, this quote, I keep it on my desk every time. It's the one that you took out. Oh yes. I remember this day. This is something that you can use for the scale as well. And let me add that. I'll add that to the notes. Um, so even like, if you can like put this like on the wall of where you stand to get on the scale, if that's something that you do, it says between stimulus and response, there is a space. It is this in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And without really knowing it, like me just saying, like, regardless of what this number says, I'm still going to do the things that I need to do and the things that I know are going to make me the best person that I could possibly be. And that's that like little space has given me like freedom from the scale, freedom with food. Um, And then also with that, like there's been so much growth. Oh, it's huge. like with the progress picture stuff, like I look, I'm like, oh heck yeah, like muscles, like, I, and I, I just like that, like I like the muscular type of build. Um, that's my own Kelsey's. I'm like, dude, just do pull ups. Like I just want to <laughs> back, do it sing. Like, and then yesterday I was doing um, Rediscover You Strong. I was, what was I doing? I was like, holy shiitake, my lats, the things that I yes. did. Like, I was just like, oh my gosh, where did those come from? what was I doing? Oh, I was doing military press. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh but my like, gosh. The things that the, it, it's almost like, I think the other attempts I've had of like literally gaining and losing the same 20 to 40 pounds. And then, you know, adding an extra 20 every time, like it was so dreadful. It was so like, man, I'm going to have to put my whole life on hold. I'm going to have to stop living. I can't go on dates. I can't go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, and going into July, like Josh and I are gone. This is, I'm pulling a Kelsey right here. Oh boy. I haven't even told you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> From the 15th to August 2nd or sec- first or second. Like what? we won't even be home. Yeah. So we're going to Vegas and we're going to San Diego. Um, and I couldn't imagine like, you know, my old mindset being like, I can't go do those things. I just have to, I got to take care of this now, but I know that I can still do the things that I want to do and also still be on that journey of who I like the ultimate me, you know? Oh, but, but that's huge. And like, this is something like Michelle and I always talk about it. Like it, the whole point of my rediscover you programs is that these habits just become a part of who you are. It's no longer that you're on a diet. It's no longer whatever. This is just who I am. Of course, no matter where I am, of course, I'm going to go for a walk. No matter where I am, of course, I'm going to make sure I'm drinking water. No matter where I am, make sure I'm having balanced meals and I'm listening to my hunger and fullness cues. Like huge. That is so exciting. By the way, I did just want to let people know, like, I love that quote so much. Um, It's by Viktor Frankl and he wrote the book, Man's Search for Meaning. Um, he, he was uh, a survivor of Auschwitz and he talks about his experience in um, the concentration camp. And just again, that like our last of the human freedoms is basically our reaction, our attitude, 
that no matter what anyone ever does to you, no one can ever take away how you choose to respond. Um, and I think that that's just, that's just massive. And we've talked about it a lot, just creating that space in anything. Um, even if someone's mad at you or something happened at work, or um, if you're like, if you're worried that a friend or someone else may not like you or whatever else, we all have these things when we're afraid um, that we're not good enough and we can be really reactive. But if we can take a moment to add space, to just pause and realize that you have a choice in how you want to respond and how you want to think about this particular situation, it's so empowering. So I, I really do. I, I hope people um, write that quote down and, and have it in front of them because I think it can be huge for multiple situations. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I was in my reading of um, the happiness project, like it was, it was interesting to just for her to say like it, you, I mean, ultimately she was basically just saying like, what makes somebody happy, right? Like 50% of it is genetics. 20%, 30% is like disposition. So like your income, your living situation, like all the, you know, external things. And then the other, tw uh, what is it? 50 plus 20 plus 30. Okay. The other percentage is how you're going to respond. And so- mm you know, while those things might be an influence, I would say, generally speaking, you know, Kelsey and I are very different. Like she's very much so a morning person. I'm much more like I could hang out in bed and be totally fine. Um, I wish that I had FOMO in the mornings, <laughs> but like, that doesn't mean that I just have to always sleep in. Like I, I have the ability to get up and start my days before, you know, everyone's awake. And like, sometimes those are the most special moments. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also, I was listening to Jordan Peterson, love him, um, Aaron, Kelsey's brother, and I have a very strong love for Mr. Jordan Peterson, but like these little everyday things that you're doing are the things that matter. Like people mm -hmm. just think, oh, they're these little, who cares? Like this won't make a difference, but think about all of the responses and the things that you respond to every single day. Like that is ultimately what's going to put you in this lane or the other lane. Yes. And it's going to either, you're going to be like a miserable glass, half empty, like always empty, or you're going to be like, Oh, that's half full. That's amazing. Um, and so just really realizing like these responses, while they seem little, while just stepping on a scale and saying, yeah, regardless, my day's still going to go the way my day's going to go. And it's going to be great. Um, those little things can really steer you one way or the other. And, you know, my response to saying like, F you diet culture, um, F the scale, this sucks. Like I'm never getting on the scale again, throwing away. I mean, food scales, I, we can, I can level with the food scale thing. Um, but like throwing away, I mean, diet books. Okay. I would just say mostly like the scale, like that to me, that put me on a completely other path for years. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, what if I was conscious and aware of the things that I was really responding to and being like, you are self-sabotaging the heck out of your life. Mm -hmm. And you can have this life and you're choosing to respond in this way. And it is keeping you stuck. It's keeping you complacent and girl, you better wake up. Like, I wish that I would have had that. 
It's huge. And it, it, it is all that mindset. It's those small things. So one thing when it comes to small things, guys, I just, I'm going to put it here and let's put it to the show notes. Yep. Um, I have that three, two, one journaling method that has just been life-changing for me and helped me be more conscious about my responses and just honestly, just shift my perspective. I would say that I'm a real, I'm a very happy person. Like not, and it's not saying that I don't have like my down moments or whatever else, but for the most part, like I'm a very happy person and I attribute it to this journaling method that has helped so much in helping me shift my perspective and just really understanding like, um, what are the things that I'm really grateful for in that day? What are the things that I can be proud of myself for that day? Um, and what were kind of those lessons. And I think that that's a huge thing. So if you guys would like access to that, along with, um, we have 30 self-love affirmations in there, like body love and acceptance affirmations in there that you can use every single day to help you just like change your mindset. I just want to make sure we put that in there. Um, but yeah, the other thing I wanted to say to you guys is like, I think sometimes it's important to have knowledge. So I, before we get off the scale completely or, or whatever else, I want you guys to understand um, what we mean when we say it's a data point. So when you are measuring yourself, I, as the personal trainer, nutrition coach would advise that you step on the scale if you can at the same time every day. Um, if this was something that you were going to do, right. If, if you're ready to heal your relationship with the scale and look at this as, as a data point, then what I want you to do is I'd like you to step on the scale after using the bathroom be sure to use it after using the bathroom so that you have an empty bladder because that does impact the number. Try and do it so that the scale is at the same place, same time, it's the same scale. If you can, wearing the same thing um, at the same time. Like the more things that you can have the same, the more likely it is that it's an actual data point, right? Um, and then I want you to just write that number down and you can track it. I know you can track it on your phone. If you want to, you can track it in a notebook, whatever else, but here's the deal. We are not comparing day one to day two. We're not comparing day one to day three, nothing like that. What we are doing is we are going to get the, I like the median number, but you can do an average. So you can do the mean, but, um, either one of those numbers and you're going to get it for the week. So for me, like the reason I like the median is some days may be really, really high and some days may be low. The median will be right in the middle. Um, and what you're going to do is you are not going to compare week one to week two. No, no, no. You are comparing month one, week one to month two, week one, because guess what? Especially my ladies, we have a cycle, right? And so most of us do. And it's very important that we give space and recognize that we may fluctuate based on our cycle. So give yourself that leeway. And then I like Victoria was saying, it's, it's not that those fluctuations, it's going to feel like it's fluctuating, but when you look over time in the, you know, one month, one to month, two to month, five to month, you know, to the year, then you're going to start seeing trends. And this is a, what Michelle and I eventually did work on. It was really kind of cool to just see. And then you're not freaking out when the number goes up a little bit, say even five pounds, because you know that that's just a moment. That's just a blip. And you're looking in the long haul. And these are, if you, I mean, I'm very intentional, you know, about, I try my best to do it every day. If I'm traveling, that's different. Right. But I know, like, I'm looking right now just from since January when I started, you know, tracking consistently, like guys, these are 0.2 to 0.4 typically like every day I kind of 0.2 to 0.8, like back and forth. And so it's not going to look like much. 
-hmm. but when you, I track everything on my health app, um, on my iPhone, but like when I'm looking at trends for the past trending lower for the past 19 weeks, not a month, not two days, not a week. Like this is long-term type shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like that is, and, and, and just being able to be like, okay, like it is what it is. Like, this is just part of it. This is part of the journey, part of the experience. The other thing that the app does is it tells you like your average, you can set it from, you know, your average from January to now or Mm -hmm. your weekly average. Um, And I like to compare my weekly averages just to kind of like see, Um, but it's just, it's so interesting how you don't think that those little, these little behaviors are really going to add up. And then you look over the long term and and you can see that consistency and it, it's not going to just be for weight loss. There's some people that need to gain weight and that's yeah. still to be able to see that progression. Um, and then there's, you know, Kelsey, we were talking about like her set point, like Kelsey is most likely at her set point yeah. um, and, and just being comfortable there and being like, wow, I really am pretty consistent overall on a regular basis and dialing in habits. Um, Kelsey talks a lot about like easy, obvious, convenient. And so if you're, I would say the first thing, one big thing that changed was like me saying my weight is not my behavior. What are the behaviors I need to focus on? And if those are the behaviors I need to focus on, they need to be easy as heck, Mm -hmm. obvious, blatantly in my face, whether it's sticky notes or it's filling your water bottle up in the, the night before and convenient. So if you sometimes need to get a meal prep service or you need to, um, like have somebody help you cook a meal, whatever it is, make it easy for yourself so that this, if you are on a journey, like to make peace with the scale and for it to not be a big deal, like make this enjoyable, make it mm-hmm. just a part of your day, but also like something that it's not going to be this negative nagging feeling all day. Absolutely. And I think a big thing too, guys, like So a healthy rate of weight loss. And I know like we have shows like The Biggest Loser, we've got celebrities, we've got all these things that are like yelling at us all the time, lose 10 pounds in seven days. Guys, if you're losing weight that quickly, I guarantee you it is water and it is muscle. And if you are losing muscle, you are slowing down your metabolism. Now, granted, there is metabolic adaptation for all weight loss. That's just, if you're a smaller person, you need less calories, but neither here nor there. So a a really healthy rate of weight loss is 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week. So let's put that into perspective. If say you're just random 150 pounds, that means a healthy rate of weight loss is one to 1.5 pounds a week. Mm -hmm. So that may mean you are losing four pounds a month. And do you know how many people would get so freaking upset that they've lost? I've only lost four pounds this month. Heck, you've lost four pounds this month. That is a sustainable rate of weight loss. And I don't know about you, but if you're sick and tired of the yo-yos, then that means we've got to get out of these extremes mm-hmm. and it's got to be slow. It's got to be for the long haul. And, but yeah, it may take you longer, but it'll be once. <laughs> Percentage was? Um, 0.5 to 1% of your body weight. 
So think about that too. If you're a bigger person, so if yeah. you were say 300 pounds, yeah. losing three pounds a week mm-hmm. is far more likely, mm-hmm. right? Because you're a bigger person. And if you have much more body fat, it can go up to like maybe 2%. Yeah. But that's also why when we do start losing weight, we start to plateau, we start to slow down. Um, and then you do kind of need to be a little bit more aware of your caloric intake. Which if you're in a plateau, um, two episodes ago, plateaus and adaptability you need to listen to. Um, that's interesting. So I'm going to just share real quick. Please. My um, uncle, he does bodybuilding and he used to compete and stuff. And now he just like, you know, normally helps people. Um, but I sent him my in-body scan because we were talking about it and he was just like, dude, like you're awesome. Keep going. Um, and he was like, wow, like you're really, <laughs> cause bodybuilding, it's very strict and rigid mm-hmm. for a set amount of time. And then it's like the cheat days, the carb loading, the, all of those things. So he had a guy that was, um, trying to lose weight, lost a crap ton of weight. Um, and, and he's like, so now what? And my uncle's like, you got to keep, if you want to look this way, you have to keep working out the way you did and eating the way you did. And he was like, Oh, I can't, I can't do that. Like, I can't do that. Yeah. And, and my whole goal with this journey and something that I hope that you guys can take away from this is like, besides adding calories, you know, and, and some food volume, when I get to my set point, like nothing is really going to change. Like, I don't have to go work out for multiple hours a day to keep the set point that I, whatever I get at. Um, and, and it was just interesting for him to see like the other side of like, yeah, I've, you know, I've lost an upper like 90 pounds and it hasn't been overnight. And it's been pretty, I would say at the beginning, it was a little bit quicker. It slowed down a lot, but when I look at my month and I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. that was five pounds, six pounds, like it's going to suck day to day, potentially, like if you really struggle with the scale, but if you're looking long-term, you can start seeing those like little, little bits every month. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, he was just, it was interesting because he, I mean, his clients are, yeah, they lose the weight fast, but it's like, how sustainable is that? It's not, I, it's not, I was on, when I was 14, I was 13, I was put on keto and lost 35 pounds in one month. And I looked because I naturally carry more muscle. I looked like a string bean and I don't generally look like a string bean. And and so it's like, be intentional about the things that you're doing and think about those things before you embark on that journey. Because then you're going to weight cycle. You're going to gain more weight. You're going to get insulin resist. Like you're going to, there's a lot more to it than just this one little thing. Oh, for sure. And those, the whole bodybuilding, like you do you, it's autonomy, it's your body. Like you have the freedom and right to do whatever you want with your body. But I'm going to tell you right now, the amount of eating disorders that come out of that community, the amount of weight cycling, the amount of it, it, oh, it is so difficult. And you talked about food obsession. It is not sustainable. And just so we're clear guys, I know we keep saying set point. If you've never heard of set weight point theory, um, I think we should totally link one of my all-time favorite TED Talks mm-hmm. um, by Sandra. She's a neuroscientist. She's amazing. But so set point weight theory, guys, is this idea that our bodies have a natural weight where we feel it's best. Um, and what that, and it fluctuates. 
So like that fluctuates anywhere between five to 15 pounds up or down. And that's just kind of where your body's kind of naturally happy. Um, and, and it's, it's, that's where it feels good. That's where you don't have to obsess about food. That's where you can naturally just listen to your hunger and fullness cues. You're not overeating. Um, and your body is just kind of happy there. And that may like, this has been something for me here more recently, like my weight, like currently at the very moment is a little bit like maybe five pounds heavier than I was just at the doctor yesterday. That's why, but like maybe five pounds heavier than I am used to. But at the same time, like I know that I've been keeping up with all of my healthy behaviors. I'm, I am weight training more than I ever, I feel stronger than I ever have in my entire life. I have energy to like take on the day, like in no way, shape or form, even if that number isn't something that I may have been used to seeing, like I feel so good in my body. And I know that even, I know that that five pound fluctuation is still right within my set weight point. And so I just, it's really important guys that like the number really, it, it cannot impact how you feel about yourself. Like, please don't let it impact. Um, but yeah, so I, I hope, I think we've hit on a lot of the points that I wanted to on in this podcast. Have, that was a lot of homework, you guys. That was there a lot. Is, we will be linking. I'll just let you know, like one, once you guys click the link for the journal, like print that out, have that you know, set aside for you. Um, this is something you can do. There's, um, journal prompts for the morning and they're literally bullet points. Yes. Um, and then there's evening ones. And then we will link all of the quotes, the books we mentioned and the Ted talk. Um, and then just if you, even if you can write the Victor Frankl quote, like just somewhere where you can see it, um, when you're starting to heal that relationship with the scale, like it doesn't have to be this all or nothing thing. Um, I would say like, if you're literally, if you fear the scale so much, that you can't even step on it. It is just as unhealthy as somebody that does it multiple times a day. Um, it it's, that's, it's just that pendulum thing. You're either on one side or the other. And we are here to say there is a gray area and it is weird and it is uncomfortable. And that is okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that is okay. No, it's so true. I, and so I hope that this was beneficial for a lot of you. I, we'd love to know what some of your takeaways were from this. Um, and if there's, again, anything else that you would like us to discuss or talk about, please feel free to DM us. We'll make sure that we leave our Instagram links as well. And just thank you all for being here and part of this community. This is such a joy for, for me to be able to connect with and spend time with Victoria. Obviously, she's just one of my all-time favorite people. Um, but to be able to really talk about this stuff, I, I think is, is really important. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing the message and for subscribing and all the things. We really appreciate you. We will see you guys next week. Talk to you later. Bye guys. Bye.